The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now. And on a pack weekend of racing, which is of the highest caliber, let's bring in Rory Delargy and waste no time at all as we begin with Warwick in the 118, because Rory can't wait to get stuck into this mouth-watering action. <sighs> 118. Um, yeah, Sky Pirate won this um, won this last season um, before um, being beaten in the uh, in the Grade Two um, Kingmaker. Uh, still had his novice status, of course, um, but he's gone up a lot in the weights since then. Now raising off uh, of one five seven, um, which is five pounds higher than we won the Grand Annual. I didn't think you had to be um, particularly well handicapped to win that. I, I, I never, I don't think you ever had to be well handicapped to win the Grand Annual. It's a strange race. Mm. Um, you just got to be in the right place at the right time on the right on the right sort of mark. Um, and although you can look at him and say he's only five pounds higher and he was very impressive last season, uh, I still think he's vulnerable um, off his way, particularly um, as he's not the um, he's not the biggest to be given lumps of weight away. Uh, so I think he'll struggle to give weight to both uh, Brave Shaska and not available. And um, I would have thought that Brave Shaska is going to start a pretty short-priced favourite here in the end. It's not the kind of race that appeals to me from a punting point of view because, you know, when the horse I fancy is is, uh, is a short price, uh, then, um, you know, I, I tend not to um, not to throw much at it. But I think Brave Shaska looks looks pretty well handicapped. I'm still off, off uh, 137 based on his wide margin win here in December. He followed up at Ascot last time from Amarillo Sky. Um, had beat a fair bit in hand that day and there's... There's a bit more to come from him, so he's uh, he's going to take the beating. Uh, Matt Shepard's done really well with not available, um, and he's not he's still not badly handicapped. You know, he won that um, he won at Newbury off um, of one two seven, um, found plenty for pressure there, and then followed up at Ludlow, and the handicapper again hasn't hasn't merged him by, by putting him up another three pounds for that. So he he might be the one for the forecast as well. Uh, I know Sky Pirates um, got a touch of class, but um, this horse has been very consistent, and as I said, Matt Shepard's done very well I don't know, I don't know how much he, he um he paid for the 26 grand I think he paid for him from uh, Henry de Bromhead um and that's that was a very good bit of business because um you know he's, he's he's won two half decent races already um you know Tony Scriven he owns and um has very few horses in training this is essentially um a replacement for um for his uh, his best horse um, also picked up cheaply from Ireland, and um, yeah, uh, I think that's um, I think that was shrewd business. I'm not sure I'm not available once the ground um, too deep, but he was placed on heavy ground um, on um, on debut for the yard at Worcester. Um, so you know he, ha- he handles all kinds of ground. His, his winning form is coming good and good as soft, um, but he does handle that a little bit um, a little bit deeper. And um, his his record is is a really solid one. Um, there are just no no moderate runs on his card at all. Very tough, very genuine. I don't think he's got quite the class of Brave, uh, Brave Shaska. Um, 
but he's going to run a half decent race again. Um, I suppose the question would be, despite the small field, um, you might get a scenario where the pair of them take each other on from the front, um, given that um, uh, they've been ridden pretty handily um, in their races, but neither of them absolutely have to lead. Um, but they're, they're going to be first and second. I thought Sky Pirate needs to be held up. And Fast Buck, um, who's going to be the outsider of the party, again, he's pretty much always held up in his races. Mm-hmm. So you can see how, how the race is going to pan out. I suppose there's a question about who jumps the best um, of British Shaskin and not available down the back here at Warwick where you have um, those those um, series of fences in quick succession. Um, but I've seen no issues with either of their jumping. Um, and it's just a case of the riders not being not going um, mad in front. I don't think they will. I think Charlie Deutsch and Stan Shepard are, are um, you know, two jockeys who are, who are coming on on leaps and bounds um, in the last couple of seasons as well. Uh, both, both very talented as youngsters. Um, you know, not that easy making your way through as a as a young jockey in the UK. Um, but Charlie Deutsch and, and Stan Shepard have, have um, done a fair bit of maturing in the last year or two. And um, I'd be happy to have them on, on uh, any horse I fancy. 135k for not available. 26k when he next enters the ring, and he's still only seven. That's a good piece of yep. business. So Brave Seska, the one to beat, um, but he's too short right now. So hopefully he drifts. Speaking of short press favorite, by the way, that's a win only market. Yay! Um, the 150 is just the five runners. And uh, the market is completely dominated by 300 through 5, who has been impressive, particularly since Exeter, Cheltenham and Doncaster. Um, if he stands up, does he win? No, I'm just I'm not mad on, on 300 through 5. He, he's got just about the best claims in this race, um, conceding £5 um, to his rivals. And he might win again. I'd be quite, in a matter of speaking, I wouldn't mind him winning because I'd, I'd be very keen to take him on in the National Hunt Chases where, where he's liable to go at, um, at Cheltenham because um, I don't think there's a, an awful lot of depth uh, to the races he's been in so far. All small fields. You know, he's got lots of wins on the board, but he's generally been allowed to do his own thing. And I thought his jumping at Doncaster last time was very ropey. Um, he won it well in the end. Um, but, you know, he's a couple of his jumps were... Um, uh, were were very iffy. Um, maybe he wasn't paying attention. He jumped okay in his previous start, um, but I, I had him down as, as one to take on um, in a bigger field and with stiffer fences. Um, the problem you have here, of course, is it's not a much bigger field. Only five runners here. Um, and, well, the warrior fences take a little bit of jumping um, in that they, they, come, they come thick and fast. Uh, on the far side of the track, but they're not um, they're not the stiffest in the uh, uh, in the country. It tends to be a decent jumping test because you know in big fields here um, you, there's a lot of jumping to be done, um, and the fences the way they're sighted means that you know horses are asked questions. But in a small field, he might get away with it. I wouldn't be punting him to do it though. Uh, I don't think it deserves to be desperately short in the betting. Um, but the tricky thing in in um, in taking him on is is who you think the uh, who you think the solid one is? Uh, Min condition has done well for for Jenny Candish, but I'm not absolutely convinced that he's um, uh, he's going to be any better than he is over fences. Um, he was a prolific hurdler, a real trier as well, but he's not massive. Uh, massive is the wrong word to use here. He's not. He doesn't appear. It doesn't appear in 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 um, in terms of panic appearances as a, a really scopy chaser. Or she's going to get better and better over fences. 
And I wonder whether he's just hitting his ceiling fairly quickly. Um, I could see Mossy Fenn surprising. Um, Mossy Fenn won the um, won the Grade Two hurdle on this card um, a couple of years ago, and he's had his issues since. Um, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him um, uh, get back on track now. Um, he's left uh, Nigel Twiston Davis since last season. He 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 shipped okay on his first start over fences, and um, that's behind Galvin in what ended up being a, a pretty decent um, novice chase. He then ran poorly the following month, but you've got to bear in mind with the Tristan Davis yard last year, they had, they had an awful season. A lot of the horses lost their form completely in the spring, and quite a lot of those horses have come back, either for Nigel or for other trainers this year, um, firing at all cylinders, looking a lot better. Uh, if you back those horses first time or second time out um, over fences this year, um, you'd have done very well, including, I think, a 40-1 winner of, of the... Um, the Badgerails. So Mossy Fan could easily leave the form he showed last season well behind here. Um, what price have you got about him in that field? 16s with Kaluki. Well, listen, that's that's a bet. Mossy Fan at 16s is a bet. I, I don't see him as a double-figure horse in this race. Boom. Um, you know, I, I, you could argue that he should be the outside of the field, but um, I spoke to Neil Mulholland after any news made his chase debut here, and he was very happy with it, but he hasn't gone on in two runs since. Um, he's he's a slightly he's not the greatest mover in a slower paces, and he's not he's the kind of horse who uh, I mentioned him on his next start. I said if he you know as long as he as long as he can jump the first couple of fences while getting a rhythm, then he's got a chance. But that that really is his issue. He's he's a little bit vulnerable in the early part of his races, and he doesn't necessarily find a rhythm. So there's a bit of a hole in him. Dorian Breed's a solid a solid enough um, type. You know he was he was a one twenty odd rated hurdler. Uh, so he needs to do a lot better. Whereas Mossy Fan was a grade two winning hurdler at this track in these conditions. Um, and I'd say in terms of absolute talent, he's he's arguably um as good as anything in the race. Um three under three five clearly is is the horse to beat and what he's done over fences. But there's there's not as I said, there's not a huge amount of depth um to that form. Um and I think he's potentially vulnerable. Mint condition was, I believe, placed in the uh, in the Grade Two hurdle here uh, as a novice uh, that uh, the Mossy Fan won. Um, but I'd say that the race the Mossy Fan won was a slightly deeper one. So yeah, in in terms of um, of absolute ability, I think he's very interesting. Now, whether he's ready to go first time for Christian Williams, I don't know. Um, but Christian obviously doing doing better this season than he did last. He, he's another trainer who had a, a ropey enough time last year after a, after a good. Um, uh, 2019 to 20 season um, doing better this year uh, 22 winners already this season um, you can back them blind they've done very well if you back all his runners at Warwick in the last five seasons blind um, you'd have you'd be making £825.80 to a tenor stick at um, at SP um, so I think Mossy Fan certainly at that price I, I don't see him going off his 16s I think he has to be nibbled at that sort of price um, and you know he's a horse I'm sure after those two poor runs over fences, um, he would um, he would be easy enough to place in a handicap uh, if they wanted to do that. So if they wanted to give him a quiet run back um, early in the season and then stick him in a handicap, uh, they could do that without having to stick him in this in this Grade Two first time. Just have to look and see what the um, uh, what his official mark is over fences because he'd be carrying a hurdles mark forward anyway. Um, he is rated one three seven as a chaser. Um, 
And I'd have thought that's a mark that they could take advantage of if they wanted to go down that route. You could also argue that the way the handicappers are reacting to beaten horses, they could afford to run him in a good race first time out. And if he gets beaten because he's not fit enough, the handicapper will drop him five or six pounds. Mm-hmm. And that would make him look very interesting for a handicap in, in the spring. Um, but I would, have, I would have thought starting him off in a grade two, um, they, they mean business with him. Um, and yeah, at, at 16s, I'd be happy to take a chance. Uh, I'd maybe think twice at half that price, but um, any double figures would appeal to me. That is one to remember because the Largi's words were, that's a bet. Instantly, that's a bet. Uh, speaking of the Leamington Novices Hurdle, or the Ballymore Leamington Novices Hurdle, which Mossy Fan and um, Mint Condition was placed in, but in a separate year. Uh, Surrey Quest heads the betting for that man, Nicky Henderson, with Aidan Coleman on board at twos. Party Business, five to two. Staghorn, fives. And um, currently, yeah, went from the dead eight to seven. Uh, Gordon was actually taking an interest in some of the races for the weekend and seems to have completely lost all interest in... in, um, Was he he putting horses in handicaps by any chance? He was. Fancy that. Isn't it amazing? Well, that, I think I think it's a blindingly obvious what Gordon's doing there. Well, to be he's fair, he had, in, he, he had he yeah. had um, Mr. Fred Rogers in the Leamington Spa, but in, yeah. in this race, but he did have um, maybe that was to try and shield the fact that he had a couple of entered for Kempton and handicaps. Shh, Rory. Shh, shh, shh. Keep it on the keep it on the DL. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink about this. You don't know what mark you're going to get until you enter a horse in a handicap. And if Gordon enters them up and they get a handicap mark, and doesn't run them between now and March and he enters them again, handicapper can't really give them a different mark, can he? Well, he can. He can, yeah, that's the thing. But there's, there's def, there's a, a definitely a degree of pressure to, to out there. And of course, you know, um, when the handicap weights come out for, for Cheltenham, for example, um, uh, when the when the entries are released, you've got some you've got a period to run where you pick up a penalty as well. So you've got the option with some horses who might not get into the weights um, that you can pick up a, a, a five pound penalty. Whereas if you ran before the weights were released or before the before the final um, deadline uh, before the weights, then you might end up going up a stone um, for a win like that. So um, he, he just keep us, he's just keeping his options open he knows what he wants to do there um, this is not an, a massively appealing risk for me from, no. for punting purposes um, I, I, I just I don't like novice hurdles where you're where you're basing your um, your knowledge on these horses on one run which is what you're doing with most of them you know the, the, the good ones in here um, Gentleman at Arms has, has uh, had a um, uh, sort of a, a quiet introduction and then one at Huntington um, by a wide margin of bad grounds. Uh, in fairness, you know all about How Do You Like Me Now, who's, you know, his, isn't far behind these on, on form, but he's had um, he's had a lot more runs. You, you know where you stand with him. Um, that's true of um, of party business uh, to agree as well. It's quite a heavy fall in the shallow um, when set to maybe be placed in that. Uh, but you've got the likes of, uh, of Scipion and Steinhorn, who've just had one run over hurdles. And Sir Request, who's, who's had the two, uh, Viva La Via, another one, you know, his second hurdle run came in, came in the grade two winter novices hurdle at Sandown. It's just impossible for someone like me um, to to get an idea of of um, what the, um, uh, you know, 
what the limitations of these horses are. Um, and that makes it really, really tough. Um, Stike, you know, Stikehorn won, won an egg and spoon race at, um, at Hereford, for example, but he's a, he's a really likable front runner in the flat. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a very interesting one. You don't see many running over the sticks for, for Archie Watson or indeed in the, in the Ardbeep colours. He's obviously an interesting one here, but no, there's, there are too many of these who are, um, who are closely related for me to have a strong view on, on uh, whether the favourite's a bad favourite or um, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be backing the favourite, I would say. Um, that's a, that's a, a pretty decent run uh, from him at Doncaster last time out. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty straightforward sort, ridden by a seven-pound claimer last time out. And what you, what you have to bear in mind there is that complicates things as well because it's easy enough to say, I was ridden by a seven-pound claimer. So with Aidan Coleman now on board, you'd expect a, a degree of improvement. Well, if this horse is thoroughly straightforward and it's just the steering job last time out, then the seven-pound claimer is irrelevant and you can you could arguably take seven pounds off his figure last time out because he was carrying less weight. So what he's actually achieved is less than is published. It's just a messy race for me because of that. Um, it's also not been the easiest race to, uh, to weigh up um, in the past. And um, I would happily leave it alone. Yeah. I will, frankly. I will not. You know, it's, it, it's produced good horses in the past, but it's not always produced. I mean, when Beekstein won this in 2019, he looked like he was an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Dan Skelton said, you know, I'm not going to be tempted to run at Cheltenham. This, this horse is, is a chaser. Um, he's going to be a really good chaser. I'm not going to be tempted to go to Cheltenham with him. I'm going to look after him. And I thought, this is going to be a superstar. He ran yesterday, um, Beekstein. And again, he finished very weakly and was beaten. And I don't, I don't think he's won a single race since he, since he won this, despite the fact that he looks the business and this trainer thought the world of him. Um, and that's, um, that's how you happen. Again, you know, having talked about Mossy Fenn, he hasn't won since, um, since this race either. Um, and uh, whereas Willoughby Court, um, who, who didn't, didn't impress everyone when he won this in 2017, went on and won it uh, at the Cheltenham Festival. So, it's it's a race that's hard to to analyze um, beforehand, and sometimes hard to get a handle on afterwards as well because of the nature of the track it works. So, not a bad race on paper. You want to you want to certainly want to tune in and watch it, and um, make your um, make your decisions for the future. I think it's a it's a bad betting race for me. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you. Um, to be fair, those who will question you will say, "Well, the new one won this as well before going on to win a Cheltenham," but. I think they're the exceptions that prove the rule. Yeah, the, I mean, the new one, if, I, if memory serves, was, was a pretty short-priced uh, favourite when he won it. And yes, it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great two hurdle in the middle of January. It's a, it's a you know, it's a perfect stepping stone for um, for British hopes because Willie Mullins has come across um, and uh, and and uh, spoiled the, uh, the the race for everyone else uh, at times in between. Um, but um, yeah, it should be throwing up good horses. But it's not, it's not easy. We don't have a strong enough pattern of, of novice hurdles um, to, to be confident of how strong these races are before they run. Yeah. We, know, we know how good you tend to need to be to win them, but you know, that's how, you need, how good you need to be on the day. A lot of horses are coming in on the back of one run when they will improve uh, 15 to 20 pounds. Some horses will put up big performances before that and will improve not at all. Um, and that's not easy to tell. If you get, if you if you go out and you see these horses in the, in the parade ring every time they run, 
um, you get more of an impression. But of course, when the horses aren't running very often in the first place, it's difficult to do. That horse of, of um, Dan Skelton, as I mentioned in the race, now, the, horse that, the horse that beat him at, um, no, no, not Big Stand, his runner in this race. Oh, um, Yeah, he ran in the winter and obviously heard at Sandown last time. And the horse that beat him that day had had won a handicap on his previous start off a mark of 115 or something like that. Um, and he ended up, you know, he blew that race apart. He won by half the track. Um, so, you know, that's that's not the easiest, not the easiest form to uh, to weigh up. Um, and I'm I'm saying as the winter novice hurdle, it might just be the same uh, the same course and distance. Um, so, excuse me if I'm if I'm winter uh, winter novice hurdle. Yeah, lossy mouth. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, I'm so with you. I'm that's with why you. that's why I struggle. Skip, skip. Hold your money, hold your dough, and move on. Uh, I'm delighted because the big danger in the three o'clock is gone, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, that was Commodore, which is why don't do your in-depth study the night before, folks, and they all get withdrawn. Uh, so Jericho Rocco, how far does he win the three o'clock by? Well, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, like it to be asked that question in that style, uh, <laughs> quite frankly, because it's. Uh, <laughs> It rather stops me from getting involved. This is this is a good punting race and always has been. Um, it's a thorough test, um, but you've also you've also um, to win this contest, you've got to have the the um, the tool to lie up as well. And we had um, we had a nice <laughs> we had a nice little touch on this a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yes, we. Did. Although it was very annoying because I was massively keen on. Um, uh, on the winner when he was when he ran in the uh, in the Welsh National, uh, Milan's Bar, and he's a massive price for the Welsh National. And then he got left. He just gets there. I think they had a full start, didn't they? Yeah. And then he get he was left. He was an out out front runner. He wanted to lead. He, he wasn't able to 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 get away in terms of his race was run. Uh, the only worry about him coming out was was winning that. That was two in a row, by the way, because we had one for Arthur the previous year. That's who right. I had as my my bet my bet of the season in the Welsh National. Of course, he's missed that. And then come to, come here instead and bolt it up and then pulls it up in the Grand National as well. Um, so it's it's a race where always the right horses, not necessarily the right races, is uh, is how that one's gone. Um, so you don't you don't need to be a front runner, but you do need to be able to um, uh, to to hold a good position. Um, and um, it's always worth checking out the um, the potential pace in the race before you do anything else uh, in there. And um, we're we're not um, we're not overloaded with front runners here. Sharico Vallis, he's a regular front runner, um, and he's he's one of those who's liable to be uh, to be handy. Um, he won last time, but that's going back to October, and it was on quick ground. Uh, that's a little bit of a question for him. He does handle softer ground. Uh, he was a winner on, um, or he was he was um, beaten. Fairly narrowly on heavy ground at um, at Bangor last season. Um, Eclair Surf might go forward uh, for Tom Bellamy and um, and Emma Lavelle needs to um, needs to jump better than he has this season if he's going to do that. The uh, faller first time out at um, at Bangor and again made mistakes at uh, Chepstow last time out in the Welsh National Trial. Um, so it's like question marks about him. But the, the, these are the obvious pace angles as I'm saying in the race. Sherry Rock is not going to be far off the pace, is he? I mean, he's you know he, he's an obvious contender um, stayed um, uh, stayed the three and a quarter miles perfectly well when when um, second in the Mandarin last time out, um, and that's um, he's shown a, a pattern of improvement 
um, through his races. Uh, I'm quite interested to see how, how uh, David Pipe's horse gets on in the um, North Yorkshire National today because that horse was put in at 11 to 8 for that race and then drifted to 5 to 1 in the morning, Whoa. which is a hell of a a hell of a drift. And I'm not entirely sure what to uh, uh, what to make of that. That was a horse with a similar profile to Jericho Rock. Um, so, um, City Ishmael, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, the March drift there is all about. Winner at uh, market racing in the, um, in the Lincoln International. Um, so um, we'll see what happens there and, uh, and and see if the, if I think there's any connection at all between uh, why people thought that wouldn't run well and whether they think Jericho Rock could run well. But yeah, he has to be, he has to be near the top of your of your list. He's going to sit just behind the leaders here, and um, uh, should go. Um, should go pretty well. Um, Grace of Uenki is is another one who might um, who might sit on the pace again. Not the easiest to um, not the easiest to weigh up. Grace of Uenki faller over hurdles last time out, um, but a winner over over fences in France. So three three runs for the for the the Nicholas Yard have been over hurdles, um, possibly to protect his. Um, his chase mark, but he's a, he's a, he's a hard one to weigh up because what he showed over hurdles um, isn't good enough to be getting involved here. Yeah, I thought. Um, and it's not always easy to, um, not always easy to predict which horses are going to show their French form. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of horses are capable of showing useful form over fences uh, in France and then don't always um, perform first time out over here. Sometimes take a little bit of time to acclimatise. Maybe the Polnickers have taken care of the acclimatisation with the, uh, with the hurdles runs, getting to know the horse, getting him right for this. So it's an interesting switch. Um, his his form, uh, his two wins in France, both came over fences. Uh, he showed very little early on over hurdles, pulled up in his first three starts, uh, and then he won uh, on his second outing over fences um, with cheap pieces fitted. And then some slightly in and out form um, again before he won Upton trip to uh, to two mile five at Otoy in October um, 2020, um, or for the best part of a year before his early runs for Paul. Yeah, he's, I mean, I'd hate to be the handicapper and try to work out where, where he stands. I think a lot of us would, would just take the chance that he's maybe, he's certainly not consistent enough to be back and maybe he's not good enough for a race like this, but it wouldn't be at all surprising if, if um, the fact that Paul Nichols is, is switching defences for a race like this rather than uh, finding slightly calmer waters for him looks interesting. Um, and I wouldn't rule them out um, on that basis. Um, no rematch is another one who might go forward uh, for Evan Williams. Uh, doesn't tend to be the, uh, the Williams way, but um, he made um, all the running when scoring at uh, Chepstow in February. And he then um, reappeared at Exeter, where he again um, made a lot of the right. He ran a lot better than the results suggest. He pulled up that day at um at Exeter, but he clearly needed needed the run because he sailed along quite happily for a long way, jumping well, travelling well, and then got very tired from the home turn and and, uh, um, and wasn't given a hard time. I could see him improving uh, considerably. Now, Evan landed the veterans um, race at, um, at Sandown last weekend with a horse who'd been out of form. Again, a horse uh, coming, I think he was probably coming off a pulled up run, wasn't he, Prime Venture? Yeah. But he's a horse we talked about in the past. He was, he was my selection for the Welsh National um, last season um, and uh, he then um, you know good over a couple of poor runs in bad ground to win well and I actually also fancy Evans horses and Evans horse in the in the 
North Yorkshire National today. So again, I'll be I'll be re-looking at that race. But yeah, I quite like I quite like no rematch here. Um I think he's um I think he's got the right sort of running style. He's he's at the right um the right place in the weights as well. He's clearly a better chaser than a hurdler. He's eight pounds higher than when winning um first time. Um I thought he had a he had a, a fair bit in hand that day. He um he idled when he was clear. Um the horse he beats three and a half lengths. He um he could have beaten ten, I think. Um, and that horse, Colonel Keating, won his next race. It wasn't a particularly good race that Colonel Keating um, run, but subcontinent of Venetia Williams's was back in fifth. He won next time out. Big Nasty in sixth also won next time out. So the form of the races worked out really well. Um, and then you've got his reappearance run, which may have been needed last month. This may well have been the race that Evan was, was aiming for um, because to bring him back in the middle of December showed that he wasn't planning to run him in the Welsh National. Um and I wouldn't. I don't think he would get in the race there. Or he certainly would have been out, well out of that handicap. Uh, so this may have been on his mind. One after it, I mean, perhaps he thought Welsh National in the first place. But when he saw the um, the fact that Colin Tizard had had Native River in there, he might have thought, right, that's that's pointless. That's um, uh, we're going to be at level weights with horses who are stone better than us. Um, so this is the race to go for instead. And of course, um, this is a good contest, but it's you know the, the top weight is one four two. Um, so with a mark of one, two, five, with, um, very, uh, nice racing with a 10 stone nine, I think he's got quite a lot going for him. He's got the right running style. He's, uh, unexposed over fences. He will love the ground. Uh, I, I say he loves the ground. I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't checked how soft the ground is going to get. The soft, good, or soft in places. They're saying on the chase course of the road. I would start getting worried about stuff if it, if I, if I thought it was actually drying out considerably. So um, let's have a let's have a quick look and see what the uh, what the weather is going it's to do. It's the Delargy weather forecast update. You can't you can't beat a little bit of that, can you? Um, so the two things to check: first of all, the weather forecast, and then also get the get the latest update from the track. Because sometimes when you're looking at race cards and you're reading the going description, you're you're reading an out of date going description, which is not. It's not ideal. Uh, it's not ideal, and it's something we shouldn't be putting up with at this stage. No. And my weather forecast does suggest that um, suddenly, suddenly we all think it's springtime. It's not warm, but it's sunny, and there's not a drop of rain to fall. So that would be that would be a slight concern if the, if the ground is. I, I imagine, um, you know, if it was if there was a bit more warmth in it, you talk about the ground drying out. It's going to get tacky. I would say if it's soft now, it'll be sort of tacky ground, but it won't be. It won't be really deep. That's a slight concern for the selection, I suppose, because his form has come on soft and heavy ground. Um, but he is, as I said, a horse who's utterly um, unexposed as a chaser. Um, was good enough, to, you know, was able to win over hurdles despite not being, you know, being an, a, a clearly a nascent chaser. Um, but yeah, a lot of his a lot of his form has come on good to soft. Sorry. Has come in soft and heavy ground, and he doesn't he doesn't have much on any quicker than that. So I'd be slightly concerned if it got um, if it dried out to good to soft. Um, that would be a little bit concerning, but you could say that for a lot of the field, because when the ground when ground is drying out from very soft to good to soft at this time of the year, it can be tough for them to get through. You know, you theoretically think oh, that'll be easier for them, but sometimes really wet ground is easier for staying chasers. Um, you'd rather it had been good as soft and then you get a, a shower beforehand because that just means the, the ground gets sloppy and they can get through it. Uh, and it looks like it's hard work, but it's not too bad. Sometimes 
you're watching you tend to look and see how much dirt they're throwing up to to, to uh, gauge how tough it is for the horses but it's it tends to be worse for the horses when you don't you see you see no clods being thrown up you see no mud on jockeys faces think oh that's not too bad but actually that's often the worst grind for horses because they're getting into it and it's just it's just harder to to get out of now to work very hard and um you you end up um, with not many horses in contention. So I'd rather this race was run on, on, on proper soft grind because that's what most of these staying chasers are used to. Um, and I'd approach it with slightly less confidence if I thought it was it was trying out a sort of very tacky grind. Um, but yeah, he, he's certainly interesting. And I imagine he's a good price, no rematch, isn't he? 16s. Yeah. And I'm looking for that kind of price in a race like this. As I said, Jericho Rock is a, is a pretty obvious one. He comes here in very good form. Uh, um, he's he's finished a uh, a good second in the in the Mandarin last time out. He's going the right way, ticks all the boxes. But everyone can see the boxes that are being ticked by horses like this, um, and you don't tend to get to get tremendously rich uh, back in them. In saying that, last uh, three winners of this race have been reasonably short prices, um, eight to one, nine to two, and seven to two. Um, historically, you, you can get some very good prices here. Uh, I, I would tend, I would want to be with horses down towards the bottom of the weights um, as well. Again, I think if it's tough for the for the horses getting through the grind, then it's going to be tougher still for for those um, carrying lots of weight uh, on the ground to give it away. So the Connick Rambler is a really interesting horse. He's got a, he, he's got a similar profile to uh, to one for Arthur, uh, in the, except that he doesn't have the experience one for Arthur had. One for Arthur came here having run really well in the Beecher Chase, I think, on his previous start. Um, Conor Rambler is a um, is a novice, but as a novice that Lucinda Russell has basically said, this is a Scottish national horse coming at the end of the season. Uh, she wants to be able to give him plenty of experience. Then the grind will suit him. His, his chase form has come in good to soft and good grind. Um, so if it you know if it if it dries out properly and it's nice and fresh, that will suit him. I think it's hard to give this kind of weight away um, to other improving horses. That would that would uh, put me off a little bit. But he's he's also an interesting horse. They might decide to go to Cheltenham for the National Hunt Chase with him. Mm. I don't think that's quite been on, on Lucinda's. Um, uh, she's not a trainer who tends to get carried away much by, by the Cheltenham Festival, which is trained winners there. Uh, and this horse would um, would appeal in something like the National Hunt Chase. Uh, and this will, you know, well, he should have the um, the stamina for it. Although, you know, um, if you if you just judge him by what is what is um, his dam, his sire and dam sire. Um, did you be slightly concerned about his stamina? Um, he's by by Jeremy, whose who's best form is around seven furlongs or a mile. And out of a four star four stars all star mare, four stars all star, of course, um, the only US trained winner of the Irish 2000 guineas. Um, but there are plenty of stairs by Jeremy, and there are there are um, uh, plenty of stairs out of four stars all star mares as well. So stamina shouldn't be um, shouldn't be a massive concern for all. He's not proven beyond three miles. One, uh, he travels really strongly in his races. Correct round, but he does tend to be held up, and I don't think that's the right. I don't think that's the ideal running style here. Um, Derek Fox obviously has won this race before on one for Arthur, and he rode him in the same sort of way. Um, but if you've watched this race in the past, um, you'll notice that you often see horses travelling well um, behind the leaders. But the nature of the course of water gets pretty much always on the turn, um, except where you have this jumping test down the back um, it's it's not easy to make ground from the back of the field and that can be um, that can be difficult for some now Derek Fox is a is a very experienced hold up jockey he prefers to ride his horses like that um, and therefore he's um, you know 
he managed to pick his way through in this race on one for Arthur and the Grand National. Again, not not the ideal race to be to be held up in either. So um, it's it's in the jockey's remit to do that. But I'd be I'd be against him in this race. But I wouldn't be against him long term. I think he's a really interesting, um, uh, really interesting horse for for later in the season. And again, he'd be suited by Spring Ground. Whether this is Spring Ground on the day because we're in the middle of January, we've had loads of rain. In the last few weeks, I don't think it will be. I think it'll, it'll as I said, it'll be this sort of nasty, tacky grind that um, this sees a, a number of horses um, run below form. Uh, Achilles should run pretty well. He's run well in this race before, and he ran um, he ran really well on the Welsh National. Um, he was uh, I, I put him up on the Welsh National. He was fifty to one overnight, um, and then went off at sixteen. So the fifty to one was absolutely crazy for as a horse. He just keeps running well. He was runner up in this race last year of one three four. He's four points higher now, um, and he's he traded odds on there. He traded odds on in the Grand National Trial at Haydock and his next start and was just run out of it. He then ran perfectly respectably in the Midlands National, really competitive race, um, finished uh, sixth that day. Um, and uh, two runs this season, I've seen him finish on, you know, he was beaten a fair way, but the conditions were really tough on the beacher. He ran a good race to be fifth there and then ran fourth in the Welsh Nationals. So he's got tons of form. Um, the show that he's he's effective here, but again, the slight worry with with Achilles is um, all his form was on soft and heavy, uh, and if we're going to get sort of good to soft grind, that would be a little bit of a of a worry for him. Um, plenty of these have have been around the block, and I don't massively fancy Jerry's back, for example. Um, he was back to form at, at Ascot last time out, but he's not been the easiest to predict um, over the years. I thought he would turn into a decent um, a decent stare when he um, he he ran. Uh, an eye-catching race in the um, in the National Hunt Chase uh, a few years ago, but he hasn't he hasn't been consistent since then. It's been hard to call. Uh, who else do we have at the top of the market who's who's worth a second mention? That's pretty much it. Sorry, I was through. I was I was, I was half throwing that back at you. I'm not I'm not looking at prices here. I'm just looking at paddle. The your own canoe is is up there, and I suppose he's one that could make the running or be up with the pace. Yeah, again, he's he's a horse. If the ground turns good, he would have a decent chance. Um, he's he's one of the, the, the worst pedigree for this race. <laughs> in that he's, an, he's he's by nay out of an eagle-eyed mare, um, and he's not he's not particularly big either. I quite liked him as a as a handicap hurdler for for Colin Tizard, but at a fairly modest level, he's been a surprise over fences um, because he doesn't look a chaser, um, and he he didn't look like a horse who wanted a real test of stamina over hurdles either. But he's um, he's got some decent form now. Um, he's run a number of, of uh, solid races in the last uh, year or so. He was he was fourth in the Summer Cup at um, at um, uh, Utoxeter, um last season, um, and um, he ran a decent race uh, back over hurdles at, at Haydock last time out under the stables um, amateur and. He's he got a few eyes there. He does want this to be good ground, though. Yeah. And I think even if even it ends up being officially good to soft, I think it'll be the wrong kind of good to soft for him. It's winter good to soft, which is just he, he needs he needs some a bit of spring under his under his uh, hooves. He he was he's a horse who would struggle with this jumping if it got tacky because he's not big. Um, as I said, he's always been a little bit surprising because I didn't I didn't expect him to hold his form because he didn't, he never looked the most robust to me, and he's got the pedigree of you know. He's got a pedigree that could easily be that of a two-year-old um, on the flat. Not, not, not necessarily an eye-catching two-year-old pedigree, um, but it's not a it's not a chasing pedigree. Um, but as I said, you know, he, he has done it. Um, his his form on 
on good ground, given a distance of ground, is um, is good enough to give him a chance. But I, I don't have him down as a winter horse at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this might be with the ground be drying out, this this might be one of those races that kind of doesn't suit the winter horses. I'm going to to take a chance and say that you know it's still going to feel like winter ground to them, even if it's even if it's not officially very soft. So Paddy Runcony doesn't doesn't uh, appeal to me. So final um, I guess final selection um, would, with a slight with a slight question mark about the ground would be no rematch. Um, as I said, the one or two interesting ones we've we've got to mention there at, at prices. Um, the last one I'll throw in there just to mention as well is Head to the Stars. Uh, not a, not the easiest horse to predict. Um, tends to be um, a little. He's out. Um, he's out Head to the Stars, is he? I think so. I think they've taken him out. Let me confirm before you. As turf tracks give us an update. Oh, maybe he's still in. That's strange. He's not listed as a non-runner uh, with me. Of, and a number of firms have just ditched him. I've taken him out. But yeah, keep, keep on going. He's still in for now. Yeah, listen, he's a he's a hard horse to predict, but he comes from a yard in tremendous form. Henry Daly is having having a tremendous season. Um, and I hope he continues it today because I backed one of his at 25 to 1 um, <laughs> later on at, uh, at Bangor today. Um, from the same family as Head to the Stars as well, actually. Um, and yeah, he is, I mean, his form figures read pulled up, pulled up, pulled up first, pulled up third first. And he threw a, he threw a first on, on um, the end of that as well. Um, so he doesn't always give us running. He's from a really good family. He's from the family of Dublin Flyer, if you want to go back that far. Um and the, the family has done really well for both Henry Daly and, and before that for Tim Forster. Um, lots of lots of you know honest staying chasers and, and staying hurdlers in that family. Um, Head to the Stars is one of those who's who's um, uh, basically does what he wants uh, when he doesn't fancy he pulls himself up. Um, but on a going day, he's not he's um, he's not bad. One three three is a tough enough mark for him at the age of eleven. Um, you'd have to believe he's he's improving to be able to defy that. But on a going day, he can run pretty well. And he's he's another one who has the ground in his favour. He doesn't mind. He doesn't want it hot deep. Um, but he handles soft. Um, and he he's um, he's probably at his best and good to soft uh, and not on heavy ground. So actually, the ground will probably suit him better than most. Uh, Hugh Newton takes five off him. He's he's got a good tune out of him the last twice, and I could see him running well at a big price. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Gordon Elliott has a runner at Warwick. Sarah de Burley comes over with Tom Scudamore on board. Oi, oi. Um, so we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, we also have a horse, though, in the 335, who this is the Pretemps Hurdle Series qualifier, um, who gave that fantastic interview to Rishi just after winning um, a couple of seasons back. I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, Riggs. Three thirty-five is your short price favorite at five to two. Fergal O'Brien and Paddy Brown. Uh, Fergal, this this race is filthy. It's a it's a seven runner per attempts qualifier, in which six of them will qualify. Um, Sarah de Burley finishes pre- sixth. You can be pretty sure that Sarah de Burley and Sporting John will be uh, will be near the back of the field. Sixth um, and fifth. And you got the jam the jam man in there as well. Um, you know. It's a, it's a most of the most of these are already too high in the weights to be winning the pretemps, um, but the fact that the handicapper this there's been a lot of talk recently about um, how forgiving the handicapper has suddenly become in the UK horses being dropped much more than they would have been you know uh, the the 
long-term complaint about the handicapper with jumpers is you win a race, you go up 12 pounds. You then get beaten and you come down two pounds uh, or one pound or not at all. So, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're showing that you're not quite good enough to win off your new mark, it takes five or six runs for you to get close to, to the mark you run before. Uh, and now horses are being dropped five, six, seven, eight pounds for a single run. Um, and I think that that would appeal to uh, the connections of Saturday Burley and Sporting John and Third Wind and the Jam Man and Keeper Hill um, and uh, possibly even Ala Philippe, which means that Riggs is your is your um, your winner by default, isn't he? <laughs> if you're re- if you're really cynical, and I wouldn't be that cynical about it. Um, you could say Riggs is the only Riggs is the only horse who, pr- who probably needs to go up in the weights to get into the pretemps. He might sneak in off one three two. Um, but you generally need to be a little bit higher than that. So he comes in here. He's a he's a horse on the up and up. Um, he improved um, from his his reappearance run to be second. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at um, at Haydock last time. And that's that's a that's traditionally a pretty a pretty warm contest. That's the old um, the old fixed brush um, hurdle. So it's a grid grid three handicap, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not a, uh, not the fixed brush race anymore. That's a race where Don Levon got the perfect ride from Isabel Williams. He's, he's been slightly, um, slightly frustrating horse, uh, uh Don Levon running over uh, around two, two and a half miles. Um, and Evan Williams gave a very good interview because it was, it was a big winner for Isabel, his daughter. Uh, and you could tell that he was, he was, um, quite emotional afterwards, but he also said, it shows you what, what what I know because I was absolutely adamant the horse could not stay three miles, and the kids said, "Yeah, run him." Um, so they were convinced that the horse would stay. Uh, Evan was Evan thought three miles never in a month of Sundays, and he ended up getting it done. But it helped that the others got themselves in a battle beforehand, and Don Levant was dropped out and was able to come late off a you know through a collapsing pace um, to win that. So it was a pretty. Um, it went crawling at the end of it, uh, and it wasn't run. You know, the, the, the pace wasn't absolutely suicidal. But what happened was, you know, Riggs and, and um, uh, Bass Rock, Stony Mountain, um, they were, you know, they were involved in a fight um, to, to win the race essentially. And Don Levant has has crept into it from off the pace and used his, um, you know, his superior finishing speed to do them all. It was a very big run from Riggs. Um, he uh, he's gone up five pounds for it. Um, and and Kesha's always get a bit annoyed when you go up for getting beaten, but I think that was deserved. And obviously, if they if they have um, designs on winning at Cheltenham, you know they accept they need to go up in the wits to get into one of those handicaps. So um, they will be reasonably keen to win this. I think the handicapper shouldn't view this as, as you know it, it's a good race in terms of the quality of the horses who are in it, based on last season's form, for example. Um, but. Um, Sarah Burley was was very disappointing, uh, granted against um, uh, Grade One uh, contenders last season. But you know he should have. I mean, he was he was second in the Stairs Turtle last year for goodness' sake. So he shouldn't he shouldn't need any excuse um, up against um, uh, Florian Porter again. Uh, Christmas and Classical Dream. He should have run better than he did. He wasn't suited by the the way that race started. Essentially, um, Mark Walsh was one of the one of the riders there who assumed it was a false start. I think. Yeah. And then realised too late that it wasn't, and then and then you know he was he was probably he was left flat footed at the start and couldn't really get involved and wasn't given a hard time um, when the when the pace quickened again. But that was um, Paul Tyne ended that rode that race superbly. 
I still uh, have that image of Danny Mullins looking yeah. at the starter with the, like dagger. Look, yeah, dagger not just price. not just looking. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, I heard, I heard, I think it was Ruby mentioned it that whenever in the Shearer's inquiry they asked Danny Mullins what his view was, and he said uh, the video recording is self-explanatory. <laughs> 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 but in fairness, you look at the, you, you keep looking at replay of that race, and it's you know it's, it's clear. I well, I thought that that's a that's a clear full start. Um, but actually, you see that the um, the starter has decided to let them go, and as he's made the movement to drop his flag and let the tape go, that's when classical dream has, has jumped forward. But the starter had already decided to let them go. That's the thing. Mm. And I, when I looked at it in the first place, it, it looked to me as if classical dream has has lunged forward and started thought, ah, sort of that'll do, uh, which which should be a full start. But actually, he's oblivious to it because he's turning away to let them go. Um, so, and, and if he let them go a tenth of a second sooner, that would have been very clear. Um, but because it was just on that moment where there was a tiny gap between his decision to press the button to let them go and the actual, uh, and what happened at the start happening, uh, I can see why, why the others were, were not happy about it, but that's, that's by the by, and it's not relevant to this race. Um, so yeah, sorry, I, I, I think we're uh, done. I think we're done, really. I think Riggs wins by default is the quote of arguably the day. Yeah, listen, I don't, I, I don't want to be the guy who says, ah, it's all bent. Uh, you know, six of them, they can, they, can just, they, can, they can just stroll around and do what they like. Um, the views of Rory Larkin are not necessarily for them. Riggs has got the most likable profile in the race. In terms, in terms of his last two runs, his two runs this season, he's got the best, he's got the best form of the weights. Yep. Uh, and that gives him a, a, a winner's chance. A lot of these, you know, on their best form are, are better than him. But there are question marks over over uh, pretty much all of them. Um, although, in fairness, the Jam Man ran a cracker last time out. Off a mark of one four one at Nathan. Riggs you know, wins by default, side. Rory. We've got two sixteen yeah. winners, and we're heading to Kempton. All right, let's let's uh, you get yourself a cup of water there. As I say this, uh, Kaluki, who we're quoting prices from today, and who will be very very fair with you. Uh, you can open your account with them if you have not yet. You can also see them in person at Kempton and indeed at Warwick as well. They've got pitches all around the country. Uh, but if you sign up now, your account application will be approved within minutes and you get a sign-up bonus with a matched bet of £25. You get immediate interaction with experienced traders and they're offering betting on all sports, including the NFL, uh, which I absolutely love. Uh, Premier League, of course, as well, but our favourite sport, horse racing. And there are zero zilch casino facilities they could have them they're frighteningly easy for sports books to have no they don't want to deal with that kind of stuff so instant withdrawals you're not waiting around for a couple of days to get your cash if you can deposit the money straight away their view is well you should get it straight away so you do and you can check them out on twitter for their daily price boots which is k-a-l-o-o-k-i-or that is them on twitter at kaluki or and again, you will see them over the weekend if you are out and about. We are also brought to you by All About Sunday. Uh, Kluki, our official betting partner. All About Sunday, our official syndicate. Oh, the high hopes we had at Cork. The wheels did not spin, as Jamie Cott told us with Scarlet Witch. And he warned us beforehand as well, so oh well. When I pulled the curtains open in the Ballancolly department, I just went, oh, crap. Um, anyway, we'll get our win. And uh, you can be part of it because Sunday is the new form of resource ownership where anybody can get involved for a fraction of the cost. Uh, All About Sunday's aim is to bring you closer to resource ownership and to racing 
through data and performance analysis with their groundbreaking app, which I can testify is absolutely outstanding. You can watch exclusive content, exclusive videos. You can get expert data, speed analysis, performance data, uh, all about how your horse is working, when your horse is working, and uh, live reactions from the course as well. It's sensational stuff. Uh, sign up now. Sunday, you can buy as many or as little as you like. Uh, sometimes you're restricted to the amount of shares that are go on sale, but check all that out. Allaboutsunday.com. If you want to become involved in racehorse ownership, if you want to know more about racehorse ownership, if you want to know more about our sport, this is the way to do it. Join a syndicate, become involved, allaboutsunday.com, the official syndicate partner of the Final Furlong Podcast, and we will have our day with Scarlet Witch as we switch to Kempton. So, Rory, uh, this brings us to the 132, where Champagne Court with Jeremy Court, Jeremy Court, Jeremy Scott, uh, is your favourite Capitoy threes and Foxborough seventy two? Uh, briefly, let's hit them hard. Let's let's rally through these Kempton races fast. Who's the winner, or do you not care? Uh, I would prefer Foxborough um, in this contest with uh, Angus Chileda taking five points off him. He's he's fairly handicapped. He was back to form last time out. Uh, Robert Walford had a had a slow start to the season, but mm. um. His, his horses have been running a, a lot better recently. Um, I very much like the race he ran in at, um, at, at Newbury last season. He only finished fifth of a mark of one, two, five, but that form's worked out really well. Um, the editor, editor De Geet won that um, and is now being considered a champion chaser uh, by Connections, having won a couple of uh, handicaps at Cheltenham this season. Are you being serious? It, well, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, he's given an entry in the champion chase, isn't he? Edited the gate. Um, I'm sure they, they listen, they've won the champion chase before with a horse who was considered to have no chance at the start of the season. So in the same sense, why not do it yeah. twice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so that's what I mean. Yeah, it's exactly the same connection. So he's a winner of 147 last time out, um, improving what he'd done before. So he's just thriving. Um and um, you know, so he won champion chase. So why not? So he was rated one two five. Yeah, he had the same racing as uh, as Foxborough when when um, beating him fourteen lengths last year. Foxborough down to one one eight now. Edited gates up to one fifty, you know, high one fifties. Um, so it shows you the task that he faced there, and it's got better with each run um, this season. Uh, and so yeah, as Win Canton second last, day, he should have won that race. He would have won if he pinged the last, um, but he made quite a bad mistake uh, when looking like he was going to win, and was beaten half a length in the end. Um, I think he will. Um, I think he will take the beating here um, with uh, with Angus Delader taking five off his back. Cheek pieces seem to help them concentrate last time out to a degree. It's a tight race. You can make a case for a few of these. I thought Champagne Coat was, was vulnerable up four pounds for extra. He didn't have much in hand that day. He's also pretty exposed as a chaser. I know Jeremy Scott's back in form. You know, again, he had, a, he had a very quiet autumn and then bounced back to form in December and his horses have been running very well since that. Uh, and you can make a case for, for most of the field. But I thought um, Foxborough looked... Um, Looked pretty well handicapped, um, not badly wasted. Um, and, you know, Robert Wolf is one of those trainers that people don't, don't um, pay much attention to. So I think he's the um, he's the one to be with. Eights. 205 Kempton yeah. is the Sylvia Nialco Conti chase. Uh, Mr. Fisher, this has become a disappointing race in fairness, uh, down to four, so obviously win only. Mr. Fisher heads the betting, uh, then Rouge Vif, Eldorado Allen, Defi de Soy, good old Defi de Soy. 
Yes, what do you make of Defi Desoy? Um, I didn't, I didn't see much in, in what he did last time out to um, to have um, confidence um, in him. Obviously, he's getting weird from El Dorado Allen. Um, but yeah, you get question marks about. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a very tight contest. Um, with you know, you don't you don't know where you stand with Defi Desoy, but you know he's he's a multiple grade one winner in his time, um, and it wouldn't be massively surprising to see him bounce back, getting weight uh, from the likes of um, El Dorado Allen. Um, but um, Mr. Fisher is you know he was he was thrown into the um, the King George last time out, so it's it's no surprise that he he flopped there. But his um, uh, his form outside grade one company gives him a big chance of winning this. Um, in fact, you know you. You look at his form figures, he's P1, P, U2, P. And normally you think, oh, I don't really like that. Take the grade ones out of that. And that reads one, two. Mm. A win- winner at Cheltenham in the, was a Peter Chase last season. And then a um, a close second in the Oaksy Chase behind Frodon, where he looked like he had Frodon for, for much of that race as well. So he's he's clearly an interesting contender um, with, uh, with the drop in class. Um, he does have the six pounds. Um, uh, surprisingly, I think because that he's carrying a six pound penalty for for um, a race he won in, in two thousand and twenty. But say the V. Um, and Rouge Viff comes into it as well. He was he was disappointing um, on his uh, debut for Paul Nichols in the uh, in the Schleur Chase. Um, but it wouldn't be a massive surprise to see him him bounce back. And again, he was winner of a mark of one five, a very impressive winner of one five six. On his reappearance at Cheltenham last last year, I don't know what the issue was. I've got the impression, having watched a few of these, um, who've moved from Andrew, the Andrew Brooks horses who've moved to Paul Nichols from um, from Harry Whittington. I don't think they were all wound up first time, and I think the, the owner is keen to see them run at Cheltenham. Um, that he will probably improve a lot for that run. So, I think this is a I think this is a really tight contest. I suspect that El Dorado Allen, who's a horse I like a lot, I think he's probably got a bit in his plate giving weight away here. Mm. Um, he's not the not the highest rated of these. Um, he did well to win at Exeter. That form has worked out as well, but he was rated, he was running off a mark of 1-5-1 there. Um, all the horses he's against would be rated higher than that, and he's got to give weight to, um, to two. He's got to give weight to, to a grade one winner, uh, and he's got to give weight to a horse he was winning off 1-5-6 um, last season. So... I don't think El Dorado Allen will win the race. Um, and I don't think Defi Desoy will win. Obviously, he's the one that, you know, you, you give him a chance based on the old form. He's getting weight. This is his best chance to win a race. The trip's probably ideal for him. You know, this has always been the argument with Defi Desoy. Is he is he best at two, two and a half? Um, you know, he was an odds-on favourite for the champion chase, but plenty of people were, you know, said he's not, he's not really a true two-miler as he stays a bit further. This is the right trip for him, but based on what he showed, um, in the 1965 chase, um, you'd be concerned. That obviously was his first run since January, um, and he hasn't really seen a race out since winning the um, the Clarence House chase at Ascot. He was really impressive as well when he won that. It's just all gone to hell um, since that um, that run. Uh, as I said, he turned up turned up uh, at. Um, at Cheltenham, two to five for a champion chase just just four runs ago um, with Defi de Soy. So clearly, you know, he's only still only nine. There aren't that many miles on the clock, um, and of course, he was in his second season over hurdles. He was dreadful as well. 
if you if you cast your mind back and then was reinvented as a chaser and looked right back to his very best. So it's not it's not impossible that he will bounce back, but I just didn't see I just didn't see any spark. No. I asked it last time out. And I don't think Philip Hobbs would have would have brought him there unfit. He was sent off favourite. So I find it hard to back him for all, you know, there is there is a, an argument there. So I'd make it between Rouge Viff and, and Mr. Fisher. Uh, and what do you have price wise? Rouge Viff about the pair. eleven to four, yep. Mr. Fisher eleven to eight. Ooh, yeah, 11, okay, 11 to be skinny enough, I suppose, for Mr. Fisher. As I, I pointed out, the, the case was pretty clear. Um, two runs at, at this level have uh, produced a win and a close second. Um, so his chances uh, is clear enough. But 11 to, be, it's 11 to be short, I think I'd probably end up in that scenario with Rouge Fifth by, by default. Um, not a not a conf- not a confident shot. I mean, if they, listen, if they were closer together, if it was two to one, Mr. Fisher, and night before Rushviv, I would, uh, yeah, Mr. Fisher. I prefer Mr. Fisher of the two, but eleven to eight versus um, eleven to four swings me um, towards the bigger price of the two. Would this but be as you the, can tell from, would this be the first Brooks horse to win this season for Paul Nichols? For Nichols, uh. I have a feeling it would be. Uh, I, be quite possibly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can we can look look through the. Um, yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it from horses if you like. But yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, but that's not how my brain works. I'm either aware of it straight away, or I don't. Um, I could easily be missing something blindingly obvious, but I don't think so. Yeah, because a it lot of people be. thought, oh, Paul Nichols is so much better than Harry Whittington. Very harsh on Harry Whittington. Yep. He got those horses in the first place because he was winning. He was winning races other trainers wouldn't win, and he was showing himself to be a very, very um, capable young trainer, um, very good placer of his horses. And then he just had a had a moderate year last year. Uh, there may, listen, there maybe there may be more to it than that. Um, I was um, I was gobsmacked when they took some Calvados out of the Ryanair last year. He basically laid the horse out all year for one race, and they took it out in the day because of the ground. And what was the, and the ground was what perfect? Exactly. Yeah, I just you know, I just thought thing. that was maybe, maybe that, maybe you know that that was it, the the straw that broke the camel's back there, uh, and maybe there was more to it than that. Maybe as the owners decision, I don't know. I just thought it was a very strange decision at the time, and obviously those horses are now with now with Paul Nichols, but yeah, the idea that they'd suddenly turn into a stone better horses is, is clearly nonsense because maybe I think maybe the big problem that um, that Harry had was that he was outperforming with them in the first place, mm. and then they couldn't you know they they couldn't keep building on that. And maybe the issue is Rushdrift isn't really a great a great two horse at all. Um, that he what he is is a decent handicapper who was produced absolutely at his best first time out last season, and then everyone told Champion Chase on the back of that. And then when they ran him in Grade Ones, he, he looked like he was nowhere near good enough. And that might not be oh, the trainer wasn't good enough to to get him to step up. The trainer just did too well getting him to win easily in a handicap on his on his reappearance, and is then punished for um for getting horses who are not great at horses. Um, to run above themselves. Don't know. But again, that's by the by. Let's crack on. Maybe Case and Andrew Brooks should have had a word with Jared Sullivan. Oh, wait. Paul Nicholas just heard that. Oh! He's not. I'm just I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not making negative comments about either trainer here. Just, just no, you know, the, the easy assumption that, you know, Small trainer, a big trainer is going to get you better results immediately. Nonsense. Is um is off, you know, it's just it's a facile argument, isn't it? Nonsense. Right. 
big race of the day, Kempton, is the Lanzarote Handicap Hurdle, where Marie's Rock, I remember Marie's Rock going through the ring at Goodwood and then turning down 700k. I'm going, nah, nah, we don't need that. And Rishi Passat asking me the next day about it and going, do you think that they should have taken that? I was like, nah, not at all. No, it's all good. It's all good. So, oh, dearie me. Anyway, um, they lightly raced for Nicky. Very lightly raced. And he's head of the betting. Uh, that man, Paul Nichols, has the second favorite. So it's nine to two, Maurice Rock. Uh, five's about Gene DeBello. Green Book, who I quite like for this, with Ned Fox taking off 10 pounds for Venetia Williams, sevens, just DeBello. Eights, Earthlord, nines, and up for patrol, tens. Who are you looking at, Rory Zorgi? Who are you looking at? Yeah, let, let's let's keep it pretty simple. Green Book is the horse to be with yes, in this race. Been, he's been very, very cleverly campaigned by Venetia Williams. Really, really decent stayer on the flat. Um, bear in mind, uh, horse, he was, he was been less than two lengths in the Goodwood Stakes. Um, and again, ran pretty well in the, in the Queen Alex, having won the Chester. What do they call the Chester Cup constellation? I want to say Chester Vaz, but yeah, that's because uh, it's in your head. I know what you mean. Yeah, because because they because they have the the Northumberland Plate constellations and Northumberland Vaz, isn't it? But anyway, it's he's the won Chester. A, 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 it's the Tote Plus Chester Plate handicap. Chester Plate, yes. So he's won the Chester Plate. Uh, he won it so easily that you got the impression, geez, he might have won the actual the um, uh, the real thing if he was in it, or certainly would have been in the frame. Um, he's then um, uh, run over hurdles. He need he needed three runs um, to want um, to get qualified uh, for that. We had a we had a previous you know run the previous season, didn't he? So um, he qualified for for ordinary handicaps after um, running second in an introductory race at Haydock over an inadequate two miles. Um, he ran very well that day. Improved in his hurdles form. But he then um, he bolted up when Ned Fox rode him. Ned Fox looked very neat. Um, Ned obviously doesn't have a huge amount of experience. Well, he's claiming ten pounds. And interestingly, then when he um, because he won that conditionals race, he was able to run a few days later um, in an amateur riders race off the same mark. So he sent off at one to three at Ludlow under Lucy Turner, and he won that nicely as well. And um, that little flurry of runs gets him qualified for this. He's been given a, uh, well, he's been given three weeks off. Uh, that almost counts as a break, doesn't it? There's, there should be a lot more to come from Green Book. He's gone up to 130, but um, I think fully, fully deserved. Based on his platform, he looks, he still looks well handicapped. He's essentially running off 120. That's that's the bottom line with this. Yeah, He is 120 here. Um, and that gives him a great chance. Now, obviously, some people will point out, well, hold on a second, yeah. If you're going to say he's 120 here, then you have to admit he was winning off 112 at Hayden Contemporary. Absolutely. And and he won that with his head in his chest. Um, and then he was essentially, you know, 117 or whatever. Lucy Turner was claiming claiming three. She would claim more in open company. That was the female amateur riders jockey. So you yep. have different claims. So you got, you got to bear that in mind. But yes, he's, he's well ahead of his mark. This is um, two mile five should be absolutely his trip. You know, the fact that he was able to win as well as he did over two miles, given that he, stay, he stays two miles six on the flat. Um, so we know he stays the, he stays the trip. Um, he, we didn't, he didn't have to find out how good he was at Ludlow. He, he absolutely bolted up in that race. 
Um, that was a, um, you know, no one really wanted to take him on that day. Um, and uh, he's he's been able to win it very easily. You don't judge his ability um, on that run. Um, you you judge him more on the previous run, which is which is a deeper race. Um, but in saying that, um, Bridge North, who we beat at Ludlow, uh, gone and won the other day. Um, and uh, the the form has actually has held up holding up pretty well. Only a maiden hurdle, the Bridge North won, but given Bridge North was was um, uh, was coming into the um, the Ludlow race. Um, on a mark of uh, 120, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where he stands. Uh, John D. Viking, who was the third also run, um, he was a winner in his previous start, uh, ran better on his on his next as well. So the form is pretty solid. Inish Biggle, only six that day, uh, landed a gamble during the week for, for Gary Hanmer, uh, won well at uh, Doncaster. Um, so that the form has actually worked out really well. But even then, Green Book didn't have to be at his best to win that race because he was absolutely lobbed in in terms of the, his handicap mark. Um, and this will be his first proper test at a saying trip um, over hurdles. And I think he will improve for it. So I don't really care that there are 20 runners in the race. He just he just has too much in his favour. Um, he's also got, um, again, in a big field at Kempton, you don't want to be coming off the back of the field. Um, you don't you know you don't necessarily want to be making all the running, although previous winners have done. Um, but you do want to be a little bit handy because you, you, they tend to want to swing, um, swing a bit wide in the straight um, to get the best of the grounds. And um, you know, if you're if you're handy, you're better placed to take advantage of um, uh, off the um, off the ground. You don't want to have to be switching behind horses to come for a run because you end up you end up switching on the slowest turf by by definition. Um, it's, that's easier come the spring when the going is good all round. Um, but when there is when there is dig in the ground at Kempton, um, you know, soft, good to soft in places again, similar going description to uh, to Warwick, they will be coming wide um, in the finish to get the best of the ground. Um, and in order to get there, you do want to be fairly handy. And his ability to uh, to lead or to race just on the pace is a is a big plus for him. Um, Quinta Demarche should run well as look. well. He's not exposed. He's not exposed. That's uh, two sixteen to one shots, price. an eight to one shot, and a seven to one shot. Happy days. Uh, last race at Kempton is the three fifteen for Oz. Anyway, that we're going to cover. Uh, any interest, Rory? Uh, not an awful lot of interest in this, uh, just because it's it's um it's hard to get some um, get a handle in Caribbean boy. I'm not a massive fan of his. Um, but there are there are plenty out there. I think he's he's um, he's very well handicapped of one four five now. Um, but I'm half inclined to take him on. But I'm not I'm not particularly impressed by the uh, by the opposition. There's nothing that I really want to latch onto. So it's a race I'm happy to leave alone. Yeah, I was the same actually. The only other race then of interest is the Scabbit Moscow Flyer. There's a problem though. We don't Big have problem with it in that it's on Sunday and um, yeah. yes, so. I think it's a race where why don't you read out the interesting runners and then we'll say bye-bye. Hawaii game <laughs> for Willie Mullins. Um, Henry de Bromhead's Gilly Billy. Uh, Gringo de Bell, I mean, we already know that horse went over for a sightseer in the UK, so I don't really see the point in mentioning him. And the other one then is Dyson Diamond for Willie Mullins as well. So it's basically the Willie Mullins show with a bit of Henry de Bromhead sprinkled yeah. in. 
yeah, um, Desert Dynamo would be would be the um, the obvious one um, in the race. Um, he's unbeaten under rules, um, and he put up a, a visually very impressive performance when winning a maiden hurdle first time out by nineteen lengths in a in a good time. Um, and that makes him just about the horse to beat. Strictly speaking, in you know, a Gringo, Gringo Dobrell's third in the Chalo gives him similar claims. But you got the idea; he was he was a little bit fine out there. That was his um, that was his third start over hurdles as well. So you think there'd be more improvement in, in Dyser Dynamo. Um, but at least that's a reasonable test. Well, uh, Billy again um, won by uh, a wide margin at Tremor last time out. Um, Tremor form is hard to uh, hard to weigh up. Quite frankly, that was on heavy ground. He should, on pedigree, be at least as good on, on slightly quicker grounds. Um, Billy, and if you thought that Henry was was back in decent form, um, you'd uh, you'd certainly give him a, a similar sort of chance. I'm still a little bit concerned about about um, Henry's form, so um, and obviously, I, I don't I don't see Hawaii game and um, Dyson Dynamo both running in this. No. Um, but it would be very, it would be very interesting if a Y game ran instead of Dyson Dynamo. That would be a statement of intent. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, it's listen. It's going to be it's it's going to be a really good race to um to to watch because you know we're getting to the stage of the season now where impressive hurdle winners are having to take each other on, and we're getting a, a better picture of what to expect. Um, come uh, come the big festivals starting next month, of course. Indeed, in, uh, in Dublin. Um, rather, we're not just looking forward to uh, uh, to Cheltenham in March. Uh, we've got uh, a feast of racing action um, at Leopard's time next month. So let's look forward to that. Oh Jesus Christ, Rory! Breaking breaking news from our good friend Matty Playle in the Racing Post. The anti-post drama as well-backed Betfair hurdle favourite isn't qualified to run. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I think you said that on the show, actually. No, well, I, I, no, I didn't say on the show, but I did. I did. Someone asked on on Twitter yesterday. Um, this is um, Jesus. Uh, uh, not no risk at all, but that's similar name. Uh, good, r- good risk well. at all. Good risk at all. Um, he was. I think this may have been a mistake from connections because the weights are released on the nineteenth. Um. And he's entered to run on the 17th and the 18th. But you don't get a handicap mark um, straight after you run. The handi- yeah. handicap marks are released. Now, what, ha- what's ha- what happens with, with Cheltenham and with some big races is that the handicapper takes account um, of racing happening up until Sunday when these races are, are due to close. Um, well, they've closed now. The, 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 um, the marks are published then on the uh, on the Wednesday. Um, normally, they cut off the cut off each week for for handicap marks is Saturday. So the handicapper looks at at, at each week's racing up until Saturday, and then uh, um, gives those horses a mark based on that. Um, but um, for for the festival and for for um, the Betfair hurdle as well, um, they will take the Sunday into account as well. Um, they should take the Sunday into account all the time. Quite frankly, it's 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 um, we we take these things for granted. Uh, if you're if you're framing a race on a Tuesday as a handicapper, um, you sh- you should be able to take all form that's happened uh, until you're doing that into account. 
Um, but the idea that, oh, yeah, if we if we looked at somebody's racing, we'd have too much work to do is just it's just a daft argument these days. But that's by the by. The rules are there. When you when you look when you look at a race in the racing calendar, it says here are the conditions, here's how much it is to enter, here's when you have to um, confirm, and um, you need to have run three times over hurdles to get a handicap mark. So um, Great Risk at all has has had the two runs. Um, so he qualifies for handicap mark for ordinary races, but not for um, not for the for the big handicaps. So he needs another run to qualify. Connections clearly thought that running him before the the cutoff for the way it's being being released. Um, would would see him around that rule, but it doesn't. Um, the way the rules are written, the, the, the rules could be clearer. It has to be said, um, but basically he has to he has to have um, a um, he has to be given a handicap mark beforehand. Um, and running on the seventeenth is after the cutoff for the handicapper to assess that run. Um, that, I, that's an unsatisfactory rule, I think. Yeah. But that, that is that is the rule. Everyone else is aware of it. You know that you need to run the weekend before the weights are announced before um you can you can have a mark based on that run. Uh, I think we had the same thing with one of Gordon's um last year that was entered up at Musselburgh. Oh that's right. Um yeah. And um well, you think yeah, that so happened uh, a year ago that it wouldn't happen again. But. Yeah well no no because no, no, it's not it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a mistake by the authorities. It's it's, it's an individual mistake that's by a, yeah by an owner or a trainer. In that, you know, you look, you see the cutoff date, and you have that date nineteenth of February in your mind as when you need to get a run. Yeah, so then you actually you need. He's held sorry. his hands up actually and said, "As far as I was aware, I needed three runs by the declaration stage." Yeah, but you need three runs by the by the cutoff. Yeah, for 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 assessment. And the cutoff for assessment is a, is a few days before that, and that's so essentially he had the horse. He's got him entered to run the seventeenth and the eighteenth, in, in um, I think maiden hurdles both times. So clever, clever placing. If he if those if either of those runs have been a day or two earlier, um, you know. But uh, such is life. I can see why he's done it. I can see why he's done it because it says it basically says here's the cutoff. It's the nineteenth, but also it says you know it, it has to be done by the, um, you know by the handicapping code and you need to know what the handicapping code is there. You need to know that um, the handicapper will, you know, will not be looking at races beyond a certain date for, for allotting marks. And, that, and the cutoff is usually the Saturday. And in this case, it's the Sunday, but the horse is entered on Monday and Tuesday. And that dear friends is Roy DeLarkey slowly but surely turning that knife. Just a little bit. I'm, I'm, avail- I'm available for consultation work. If any, uh, if any <laughs> trainers out there are, are uh, are, are happy to pay for it, but yeah. Sam, I strongly suggest that you give Rory a call. I will, I will simply read the rule book out to you. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't give it away, Rory. Don't give it away. Until such until such times as I get it wrong, and then uh, then my contract is terminated. You fall on your sword and no. you just walk out. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Right, that's it. Uh, you've given us two 16-to-1 shots, an 8-to-1 shot, a 7-to-1 shot, and some damn good advice along the way as well you know the races to skip you know the races to avoid and you know where to read Roy Delargy this weekend Irish Field buy it get online or go to your news agent and support your local news agent and support them and uh, pick up a copy of the Irish Field and get Roy Delargy's gold content uh, Rory will be back with us again next week until then my friend thank you very much and the very best of luck this weekend best of luck I think we're all going to be on that <laughs>
Lucky 15 slash possibly Lucky 31. I know I will be. Um, that's it. Are we back Monday? Yes, we are. Uh, and, uh, of course, Thursday with Rory, and we, I think we have a special show in between as well. So until then, and we got that show with Lorna Fowler to drop as well. Oh, by the way, Rory? Yes? Uh, Lorna told us a story about you. Did she indeed? She did indeed. Uh, all very flattering. Listen, I'd had a couple of drinks. <laughs> I wasn't entirely aware of what was going on. Let's just leave it there. But she's also extended, cordially invited uh, the Final Furlong podcast team, me, to, <laughs> to the stable slash dot. So uh, shout out to Harry, who listens to the show every single week. And, um, good man, Harry. Every, every, every time it comes out. So that's Lorna's good husband and uh, the man who takes care of the um, breeding side of things. But you'll hear that special with Lorna in the coming days. But yeah. A bit of a Delargy uh, story in there as well. Just, yeah, just to point out, Lorna's also involved in the breeding side of things. When Harry wants another child, he does have to ask permission. <laughs> just in case you're wondering there. And that's Rory's invitation. Extended even stronger, actually, because Lorna's actually got a good sense of humour and um, doesn't actually take... Marvellous as well, you know. Doesn't take life too seriously. Um, <sighs> except for when it's training. And uh, she talks all about that as well and how active she gets and how excited she gets and how down she gets if a horse gets beaten and she questions herself and even questions herself when a horse wins. It's a fascinating interview. So Yeah, yeah, um, she takes it takes it very seriously. There's no there's no messing around here. No. She's a she's a, a fine trainer of a horses, Lorna. Yeah, and she could have stayed in the world of broadcasting if she wanted to. So all of that and Easy, more. Easier money all round, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all that and plenty more to come uh from Lorna. I did ask her about the estate that she lives in because it's one of these beautiful uh, old British estates in Ireland and before I could even get the line in she said yeah but try heating yeah 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 boom <laughs> fantastic uh, so you'll hear that special over the weekend we got the Gay Kellaway special to come your oh, way oh I should have yeah I should I should have um, I should have prompted you to ask her about a particular story there regarding the house oh okay but there you go well she's coming it might have she might have given it in conversation anyway. She, but yes, a, you may very well hear it anyway. But uh, also, Lauren is coming on again, so you can you can be on for that one. If she didn't use the word banjaxed, then um, then yeah, you haven't got the best story. Uh, uh, the word banjaxed may have been thrown around, but you'll have oh, to listen to find out. One of the one of the finest words in the English language. Bandjaxed. Oh, it's a brilliant word. Uh, so just click follow. I think it's follow on Apple Podcasts now as well because I've ported over completely to Spotify because you should be listening on Spotify uh, but most of our listeners do listen on Apple Podcasts but I think it's follow on both so just click there and you'll get the notification when the show comes out just like this one and if you haven't listened to our bumper special which is literally about bumper horses with David O'Farrell and Paul Ferguson then I strongly suggest that you do some gold info in there and some great insight about horses to follow not just at the highest level but also winners in waiting uh, to hit the track very very soon right that's it from Rory from me thank you so much for listening appreciate the support we'll talk to you again uh, very very soon take care God bless The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday the ultimate racehorse ownership experience download the app and get involved today All About Sunday we love racing and by our official betting partner Kaluki Sportsbook the market leading messenger betting service providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing plus with the option of instant withdrawals Visit KalukiSportsbook.com to sign up now.